Okay, today's daf is Psachim daf mem vav. We are on mem hey and base. So we have one final uh, discussion on the previous Mishnah before we move on to the next Mishnah. So when we read the previous Mishnah, which is mem hey amad aleph, we said that when it comes to dough that's in the sitke areva, which means it's in the, uh, the cracks of your mixing bowl, so it depends if it's a kezayis or not. And then we had a machlekes, we're in the bowl, the bottom or the top. Then the Mishnah said, The same thing should apply to Tumah. And the truth is, the Mishnah should have stopped there. Then the Mishnah continued, If you're makbar in it, there's a chatzitza when you take it to the mikvah, seemingly. If you want it to be there, then it's part of the bowl, which has nothing to do with what the previous halacha was. First we said, it depends on the size of the dough. And then we get into... Do you care about the dough on top of the keli? So the Gemara asks this question. So the Mishnah said, So three lines from the bottom, Mem hey, Amid dummy. What's the comparison? How could you compare the size of dough to the owner being makbid on the dough? Hassan, when it came to Chametz on Pesach, Bishiura Talia we cared about the size. Hacha, Bikpeta Talia Milsa, when you take this. Uh, keli to the mikvah, and there was some dough on the keli. You left your sticker on it. And there it depends. Do you care about it? Do you not care about it? It's all about kepeda, being makbid on it. Ayin hilchas chatzitza, hilchas nida as well. We care about being makbid. Some Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, you're right, and therefore the Mishnah should not have said, v'chein le'inian tumma. Eva, the Mishnah, in fact, said something else. It said, u'le'inian ha'tumma enoikein, that it's not like the halachas of Pesach, tumma is different. Amalei Abaya, Abaya said, one second, my Mishnah doesn't say it. My Mishnah says, another Teretz. This is what the Mishnah meant to say. So again, that when I want to figure out if it's a Tzir of Tumah, which means I have dough and other foods uh, and we need to know if this combines for a shear of a kibetza regarding Tumah. So there's going to be a difference when you ask the shaila. If the shaila is on Pesach, there's going to be one halacha. If the question is on a random Wednesday, then you'll have a different halacha. So, and Rabbi is going to explain himself. There's a difference between Pesach and the rest of the year. Hechidami, what's the scenario of the Mishnah? So you had a half a beitza of oichlin of food. And it touched, so you have a, a, some potato chips, and they touch this dough. So ba Pesach, on Pesach, the Isurai Chashev, because it's Chametz, I, I consider this Chashev, and therefore. Mitzdarif, it could combine and create a beitza, a volume of food that could either become tummy or make other things tummy. My chalik is Rashi Taisas, but either way, it, it works lenient tumma. However, the rest of the year, the rest of the year, so then I don't care how big or small the dough is. What do I care? To pay the Talia Milsa. Then I try to figure out is this dough part of the keli? And then it's not considered food, it won't combine with the potato chips to be a beta, or do I say no, that this person doesn't want it to be part of the keli, and it's considered food still, it's considered cookie dough, 
and it could be mitzdarif for the shear of achila. So b'shari moisa shana dekpeid italian milse makbed alav. If you're makbed on it, you don't want it to be part of your bowl mitzdarif. Now it's still considered food. It could combine with the potato chips in the bowl and give it the shear of a beitzah. In b'kiyuma, if you want it to stay on the bowl. Hario Kariva, it's part of the mixing bowl itself, and it will not combine with the dough because it is not considered food. Maskifla Rava, Rava asks the bias. So how could you tell me that's shot in the Mishnah? Mika Tani Mitzdarif? Does the Mishnah say Mitzdarif? You, Abaya, you asked the uh, Rav Yehuda that, uh, you know, V'chein Le'inin Tumak Tani and not Le'inin Tumak Inakin. So I'll ask the same question to you. Look at our, my Mishnah. My Mishnah says, Chatzitza regarding Tumah, nothing to do with Mitztarev. Ma'askev la'rava, mikitani Mitztarev, ha'chaitzitz kitani, it spoke about chatzitza. El amarava, I'll tell you what the Mishnah means. When the Mishnah said, the dinner of the halacha of chametz, on Pesach, having a dough in the bowl, v'chein la'halis tahara la'areva, the same would apply regarding to give the areva, the mixing bowl, the status of tahara. What does this mean? Hechidami. You have a mixing bowl. The mixing bowl is tame, and you want to take it to the mikvah to toivel it. So So it depends. You ask the Yerav, the Shiloh, I toiveled my mixing bowl, and I realized there was dough on it, and I'm not going back. So what do I do? So depends. Ba'pesach, on Pesach, the Isuroi, where the kezayis of dough is chashev, because the person is chayev, he's over by matzeh, then it's considered something on its own. It's, it's a significant piece. Chaytzeit, there's a chatzitza between the mikvah and the bowl. V'loy sokala, tvila, and the tvila didn't work. B'shayim, shana, the rest of the year, then I don't care how big it is, I have to ask you another question. The sticker question, yesterday's daf, right? We spoke about that for a second. Are you makbed on it? If a person's makbed on it, you don't like it there, you don't like that amazing saving sticker, there's a chatzitza and you have to title it again. If you don't mind, I'll leave it there forever. Harihu Kareva becomes part of the bowl and it is not considered a chatzitza. That's how Rava read the Mishnah. One more pshat. So first, Maskala Rapapa. Rapapa asked the Kashan Rava, Mikatani Vechelin Tahara. The Mishnah didn't say Vechelin Tahara. So you and Abaya and Ravyud, you all had your own. Uh, opinions of what the Mishnah meant, but uh, it doesn't sound what it said. It said regarding Tuma. So, I'll in our Mishnah. When the Mishnah said, not only by Chametz, the same thing applies by Tuma. What does it mean? We're talking about you have a mixing bowl, and let's say a Sharetz touches the bowl, but the Sharetz didn't touch the bowl, the, 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 the dead mouse touched the dough. The question is, is my mixing bowl tummy? So it has this dough patch on it, and the sherrit touched the dough, which touched the mixing bowl. The sherrit touched the dough. So about Pesach, when it comes to Pesach, so you're asking the Rav Shavli, he says, oh, it happened on Pesach, the Yisuroi, Chashev, this kezayis of dough that's in that that's in the mixing bowl is a chashav a thing, and a person is over on it. And because it's chashav, chaytzeit, it's a chatzitza between the the sheret and the bowl. Just to review hechas tumavatahara for a second, food cannot make kalim tame. So the dough became tame from the sheret, but the dough is not going to make the mixing bowl tame. However, 
And the Tumah didn't touch it. The rest of the year, it's not Pesach, so then there's no significance of dough. Then it depends on the, on the owner. It depends on how you view your mixing bowl. In Makhbarilov, you don't like that the dough is there. So it's a chatzitza. The sherets touch the dough, and the dough touch the bowl, but it doesn't do anything. In Reitzibagim, if you want to see part of your bowl going forward, this is your dough patch, it is part of the bowl, and therefore the whole entire bowl becomes tummy by the sherets touching it. Okay. So we had four different ways to reconcile the contradiction or the funny lushan of the Mishnah, and now let's move on to the next Mishnah. So the Mishnah says like this, Batzeik hacheresh, which means a deaf Batzeik. It means a dough that's deaf, but the point is, you do not, you do not know if it became chametz yet. So there's different, uh, the Rishonim have different uh, pshat, what exactly this means, but let's, uh, we'll, we'll just say that it means you don't know if it's chametz. So back in the day, you looked at a piece of dough and you could figure out, did it start cracking? Is there some appearance to it that makes it tummy? It makes it hummus. So let's say you made two doughs at the same time. So if you have another one and shahikhmet, that that one already became chametz, hareza asr. So we could assume, let's say you made two doughs, two batches at the same time. One dough doesn't give any indication that it's chametz yet, but your second dough looks like it's already chametz. You could assume if they were processed at the same time, that they became chametz. So the Gemara says, okay, it ain't sham fine, very nice. Then you told me if I made two batches, look at one and you figure out the other one. What if I don't have another one? I only made one batch and now I'm looking at this dough. I have no clue. Did it become chametz? Did it not become chametz? Ma'ahu, what's the halacha? So I'm rabbi that in order for dough to be assumed to become chametz, that the amount of time that passed for a person to go from the Tower of Nunya to Tveria, which is the, the amount of a mill, which is 2,000 amas, back to Erevin, that becomes Asr. So what is this, the shear of a mill? So it's a big machlaikis in the Pais game. 18 minutes, 22 and a half minutes, 24 minutes. This comes up in Hilchas Malicha by salting meat. Where Machmir for all the shitas comes up in Hilchas Tzeisigachavim uh, and Shkia. We'll talk about that in Masechus Psachim. However, you have different shitas. Now, how do we paskin? We all know 18 minute matzah, so we're machmir. Like the, 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 the most chumr shita would be 18 minutes is a mil, so we're machmir that 18 minutes, that already becomes chumr. There's a machlekes in the Mishraim, and what does this mean? It means if you just let the dough sit there, and then it becomes chametz after 18 minutes? What if I'm always doing isuk, I'm busy pushing it and pressing it and flipping it around, could be I have more time. That's another machlekes. So we're machmir to do both. We finish the baking of the matzah within 18 minutes, and during those 18 minutes, you don't have a moment, a spear moment. In some of the machine matzah factories, they do have some time of isuk, because everything's automated, so the, the, dough, is, the dough is being you know, wheeled to, it's really cracker machines, so it's being wheeled from place to place. Technically, the dough is not, doesn't have isuk at that time, so some people are more machmer, they have someone touching it while they're moving it, they do something to, to do the isuk. Halacha, one can rely on the Rishonim that as long as you baked it within 18 minutes, there would not be a problem. But anyways, that, this is the source for the 18-minute matzah. Okay. Uh, by the way, I think the companies that write 18-minute matzah, I think that means they clean it every 18 minutes. Otherwise, they just write matzah. 18-minute matzah is like a, an indication that some type of hither was done. These are the first run of the day, or they clean the machines every 18 minutes. Okay. Fine. 
So look at my obvious question. If you name a mill, just say a mill. Why do you tell me the, 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 the distance between point A and point B, which happens to be a mill? So tell me a mill. So the Gemara says, how Kamash Flan, the sheer mill can be Migda Nunya Vatsferi. The sheer of a mill is from Migda Nunya Vatsferi. So you could picture in your mind what the what the, uh, the range is, and that is why we said it. Okay. That for a few halakhas, we're going to have this concept of mil, or arba milin, so legabal, someone who's, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute, it means someone who was hired to knead dough. So they hired him to work in the bakery, and part of the deal was to do it with tahara. There was a concept back in the times of the Mishnahis, the Gemara, definitely, to be, to be eat chulim b'tahara, even when there was no besamekdash, they weren't noyek kutum b'tahara. There was a concept of a person who made sure that his food was tar, like a mahadrin hashkacha. So you hire the fellow to work in your bakery, and you tell him, make sure my dough is tar. He, go, he shows up to work, and his, the kalim are tame. They have to be brought to the mikvah. The nearest mikvah is, I don't know, 20 minutes away, half hour away. Does he have to go as part of his working arrangement, meaning he wasn't being paid by the hour, obviously just this bill, right? He was paid for the job. As part of the job, to go, how far to have to go. So, legabo, villa tefillah, which Rashi points out, tefillah means, uh, let's see, emahalich adam badarach, someone is walking on the road, uba'is lalun avalaspal, and it's time to go to sleep, and time to daven. If there's a shul, you have to walk four mil to be able to go to the shul to daven. Okay, so that's Latfila. Someone who doesn't have water to wash their hands for bread. What's the halacha arba milin? You have to walk up to four milin. So let's be makel here. 18 minutes, right? Four milin, 72 minutes. That's maybe know from Rabbeinu Tamshita. Very similar concept. 72 minutes is the zman that a person would have to walk to go daven in shul. Does this mean with a minion? No minion. Tremendous machlekes in the Rishanim, which if you hold it doesn't mean a minion, comes out a big chumrah. Sometimes you're in a city, there's no minion, but there's a shul. So according to that, you have to go 72 minutes just to daven in a shul, even if there's not going to be a minion there. According to other Rishanim, this is how Rav Maisha learns the sheet of Rashi, it means davening with a minion. A person would have to go up to, meaning you have to wait 72 minutes before you dive with a minion. What does that mean? It means, let's say you're traveling from, from, I don't know, you're traveling from Minneapolis to New York, okay? So it's going to be a long drive. So let's say you're about to stop off, you, you get towards, uh, I don't know, um, I'll give an example, towards Madison, uh, Wisconsin, and you're going to sleep there. Then you realize, wait, if I drive another 72 minutes, I might hit Milwaukee, which is not really true, but, but I don't know, whatever, whatever way you're driving, you, you, you imagine, oh, if I drive another 72 minutes, I would be able to get a Marav, so halach is if it's on the direction, you're not going out of your way. It says you're, you're driving towards your final destination. You would have to wait 72 minutes. Don't go to sleep now. Wait another 72 minutes, find the shul or a minion, and then daven with that minion. Okay, that's regarding legabel, tefillah, and the tefillah sedaim, arba milan. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to this in a moment. Amrav nachem by Yitzchak, Ivu Amara. First of all, it was Ivu. It wasn't Rabbi Avo. And Va'arba Amarba. There were four things, not just three. Ve'chadaminai. One of them was Ibud. That there's another time where we talk about four milan, 72 minutes, which is Ibud. When a person is processing leather. The Than, the Kulan, when the Mishnah in Chulan talks about, this is the Mishnah Ha'ar talking about Tama Tahara. We'll get to it in Chulan. So it talks about the skin of, a, of an animal. She'ibdan. Let's say a person, Ibdon, you tanned it or you stepped on it 
uh, for a certain amount of time, tahirin, they become tar. It's no longer considered animal skin. It's considered buffalo, it's considered leather. Chutz me'ara adam, from human flesh, uh, with skin, which is only a dinder abundant that it's, that it's, um, that it's tameh. Now, v'kama k'de'avayda, what is the size, what is the amount of time k'de'avayda, amrav e'ayvu, amrav yana k'de'hilach abamilam. Four mil, so once again, we have this din of four mil. Amrav yoysi rabachinina, leishanu el lefanov. This halacha of 72 minutes of four mil, that's only lefanov. On your way, towards your final destination, avala'acharav, but to turn back or to go off route, afilu mil ain't You don't have to go out of your way more than 18 minutes. Amarav achalumina milhuda ain't Up to 18 minutes, you do have to go out of your way to be able to do these things, which means in order to, to uh, for the two practical ones, until it's a dayan, and davening with a minion. That means a person is driving and he knows 18 minutes, within 18 minutes off the route, which means total less than 36 minutes, because it's two ways. So if there's a minion, he would have to go out of his way to get that minion. By the way, Rabbi Shafainson in a tshuva, in, uh, in Igris Moshe, I think it's Chela uh, Kimmel, he brings a proof from this Gemara that a person is chayev in tefillah b'tzibar, that davening with a minion is an obligation, because v'haraya, you see you have to go out of your way to do it, it must be there's a chayev to daven with a minion. If you look in the Rambam, and the Shulchan Aruch, and the Meshavur, they say yeshtadel, these very strong words, they don't say the word chayev. So for the most part, this wasn't really uh, practical, because, I mean, this wasn't really um, much of a question. If you have the ability to daven with a minion, you might as well. If you don't, then obviously it's not asking the question. But it's good to know, what, is there an obligation? Is there a chayev, or is it just yeshtadel, or is it just that a person should strive towards? What's the nafkamina? We can start figuring out things. Uh, I want to give a share on this. Um, let's say there's a concept of being A person's supposed to after saying Kriyashma. What if you're going to miss Tfila B'tzibar by doing that? So then it really depends. If Tfila B'tzibar is a Chiyav, so then Daven with the Minion, that's by Marv. Tfila B'tzibar is more important. You Daven Marv with the Minion, and then you'll say Brichas Kriyashma afterwards. By chakras, we don't say that. We say it's more important to do saimech uh, ke'ulu So just an interesting thing to, to discuss, is tefillah b'tzibar a chiv uh, to daven with a minion, or is it simply yishtadel, person should strive towards, but it, it looks like a good proof. If you learn that the, that the gemara here means you have to go out of your way, so that means you'd have, that means there is some type of chiv of davening with a minion. Netzilah sedayim as well, that's also a practical halacha. It's a person's on, you know, they're driving and they look around the car, there's no water, and they want to wash for their, uh, for their bagel. So if they're going to reach a gas station within 72 minutes, they have to wait. You can't eat now. Wait 72 minutes. And you know, as long as you're not going, you have to go 72 minutes out of your way. You have to go up to 36 minutes out of your way, 18 minutes each way. But you'd have, you can't just say, oh, I'll just wrap, wrap it you know, with a paper. It doesn't work. It works if you don't have water. If you're not going to get water within 72 minutes of your trail, you're in Alaska somewhere. I don't know, I don't know where you're traveling, but there's no gas stations. But then that's the only time you would invoke that halacha, the Mishnah and Sukkah, that if you don't touch the bread, you don't have to uh, wash. Maybe on an airplane if you don't have water, and uh, maybe that would be the only case where you would actually use the paper heter or use a bag and don't touch the bread. Um, this is also brought up in Hilchas Pas Akum. The Shulchan Aruch, the last sif in Simon Kufya base, talks about in the world of the Shulchan Aruch, a person is supposed to only eat Pas Yisrael. So he says you have to go up to 72 minutes on your way to be able to get past Yisrael. So if you're driving, you know you're going to hit Chicago soon. You shouldn't eat your uh, brand, you know, regular national brand pretzels. Fine. But either way, the Ramah over there says, we're not machmer and pas akum, pas palter. So you don't have to worry about that either.
Okay, what if someone's at home? How far do you have to go out of your home? On one hand, it's not out of my way, I'm not going anywhere. So maybe I have to go up to 72 minutes to get home, to, to get to shul. So, la'alacha, one can rely that you, all you have to do is go up to 18 minutes. Now there is one, there's one other hat, one sheet to rely on, maybe. Rabbi Yosef brings from the Bar Halacha, the Chayadam, that perhaps a mill doesn't make a difference if you go by car, if you go by horse, if you walk. The shear is a mill. So for most people, you live 2,000 hours away from shul, so maybe you're butter. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's more than a mill from my home, and it's, it's uh, not on the way. So not something to, to, to rely on the but as a limitzchos, it could be the hiluch mill is not a time thing, it's a distance, and there's a certain tircha involved in distance. One more question, I'll leave you with this question. I do not have an answer to this. What about a fin- fi- financial uh, cost? This happened to me once. You're in an airport and you want to wash. You don't have any water bottles. You're looking for a cup. So you go to the, this is, now everyone's nice. They give you free cups. But a couple of years ago, you went to, the, went to the Starbucks or 7-Eleven or whatever. They charge you for the cup. Do I have to pay a dollar for a cup? Or maybe I should spend $5, get a Dasani water bottle, and I'll use that to wash my hands. Am I mechayiv to spend money? What if you're on vacation somewhere, didn't rent a car, you're on vacation, and there's a, there's a minion 10 minutes away, you have to Uber, or you have to pay for parking. Are you chayiv to pay for parking to daven with a minion? Are you chayiv to Uber, are you chayiv to spend money on a cup for Natila Sadaim? I don't know. Okay, well, believe it that. Anyone has a good source that talks about this, let me know. Let's keep going. Ketzad mafrishin chala betuma. So back in the day, they would actually bake on Pesach. So if you're making matzahs on Pesach, what are you going to do about your afrashas chala? So what's the problem? If I separate dough before it's being baked, what are you going to do with the dough? Not very good. You did afrashas chala, you made your bracha, hafrash chala menisa, and I have a chunk of dough. You're going to burn it? You cannot burn things on Yantif because you're cooking shalot the tzarech oichel nefesh. No one's eating from this. Can I give it to the kain? Yes, the problem is it's tummy. So you can't give it to the kain. He can't eat it either. Um, should I leave it, hang, let it hang around? It's going to become chametz. So what do you do? So, what are you going to do on Pesach? It's yantif, biyantif, right? So, bake all your matzahs. Let, don't label anything until it bakes and then halacha is you take them, put them all together in a big basket it's called a tzir of sal and then you take off one piece that's already baked as matzah now that will be your challah I have no problem, it's not going to become chametz it's fully baked as a matzah I won't give it to the kain because it's tamay so I'll leave it on the side put it in cold water and that will help from it becoming chametz, which seems to be a chiddush. Isn't that the problem? But Ben Maseira holds, that will hold it back from becoming chametz. Amr Rabbi Shua. Rabbi Shua says, Loi zehu This is not the chametz that you can't own or can't find. What does that mean? Since it's not really yours, chala is really mimamun gavaya. It's going to the kahanim. It's not yours. You don't own it. So it's not your problem that there's challah here that's becoming chametz. Do your hafrashas challah, put it in your foil, leave it on the side, becomes chametz, not mine. Not my problem. It's uh, God's chametz, it's the kaharim, not mine, and therefore you don't have to worry about it. Okay, so the Gemara picks up on the last thing that Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shua was machlekes. Rabbi Shua said, no problem, you could separate challah, it might become chametz, not your problem. 
So, Lema Betoivas Hanok Mifli. Maybe the Machlekes is regarding Toivas Hanok. What does Toivas Hanok mean? That the Yisrael has the right to choose who to give it to. When you have Truma, Meiser, Chala, you have the Toivas Hanok, who you can give it to. It, it, it feels good to give a gift. Jerobeleza Sava Toivas Hanok moment is considered value, and because it's considered valuable, if you own this Chametz, and you have the right to give it to whoever you want. That's valuable. It is your problem. It is your chametz. You and uh, what? You can't give it. You can't give it. Um, right. That's <laughs> a good point. The Rishonim asked that question. Either way, it's tummy, right? And therefore, chala is not considered yours. There's nothing to do with you. It's mishochan gavaya, and therefore there is no problem if it became chametz. So here, there's a debate regarding the term ahayil, which is going to lead us into a fascinating seg, uh, you know, digression regarding Erev Tavshilon. But here we go, that there's a concept of ahayil. What does ahayil mean? If the person would want to be maternader, this comes up at least once a year for, for Rabbanim. If a woman made challah, or man made challah, sorry. If, uh, if someone made challah, and they stuck a piece of dough, their challah, they look around, they don't know where the challah is. It went back into the bread, went back into the dough. And they ask the rabbi, Yashayla, what do I do? So if you learn hilchas challah, according to the machaber, it's probably bata baray, even chutzlar, it's according to the ramah. If you have 100 times one, you're fine. But let's say the rabbi is not doing math, the woman doesn't know how much she separated, how much, you know, five pounds. She doesn't know anything. She put the dough back mm-hmm. in. What do I do? So because we didn't give it to the kain yet, all you did was you said, I raised, you know, zechala, right? You said, this is my challah. So you used your mouth. Whenever you use your mouth in halacha, there's a way out. You say something, you take it back. So there's something called being matern in there. So a woman would go to a rav. Maybe today you do it on Zoom, even easier, right? Now that we have this heter to do things on Zoom. So you do our taras and darim on Zoom, and it is no longer challah. Now you do our fasha after you know finishes baking. So since this fellow could do, could be matir neder, not really matir neder, it means you're matir, you're, you're going back on your hafrasha, itshalallah, some money, it's really his. It's hoyl. Since he could do it, we're considering his chametz. And Rabbi Shua says, no, loya meaning hoyl. We do not say hoyl, and therefore, you cannot, uh, we don't say that this is your, this is your challah, this is your chametz. You gave it to the kahanim, you set it aside. It is not yours. Okay, before we get to hoyl, I just want to point out, you know, often we talk about kahanim. So kahanim today is for, you know, they get an aliyah, they get the first aliyah, and they, they tochen. But when you learn Mishnayis, you don't assume that Kahanim would ever get any Matanas Kahuna today. Truma, Meiser, you burn everything, you burn Chala. There's one time that the Shulchan Aruch writes, we actually give it to a Kayin. So the Shulchan Aruch talks about someone who makes Matzah on Yontif. You're making Matzah on Pesach. We don't do this today. Nobody should ever think about making matzah. First of all, you shouldn't make matzah even before Pesach, unless you know what you're doing. But definitely don't make matzah on Pesach. But let's say you know what you're doing. You're making matzah on Pesach. So what do you do with the Afrashas Chala? So he paskins like the first manda on my hair. Don't call it a name until, uh, un- until everything's finished baking. And then you could say this is Chala, and it's fine. It's already matzah at that point. But he says, let's say you have a Kayin Katan. You have a young Kayin, Shaloira Keri. Now the problem is, a, a, why is a Kayin, why, why don't we give uh, our matzah to, to the Kahanim? I mean, so first of all, we assume it's tummy, but second of all, a more, a more important thing is that a kain that had a tumah gufai, which means he was a balkari or a zav, he's not allowed to eat 
truma or kachim or any of these things. So if you find a six-year-old boy who never had a tumah hayotz in a gufay, you're allowed to feed him challah. You could give him a fresh challah, you do a fresh challah, you give it to the kain. This is brought on the Ramah. Again, no one's doing it today practically because we're not baking at home on Pesach. But this is actually found that we would do this even bizman You would say, oh, this kid's a kain. I, the Mishnah quotes, what do you mean? You know for sure he's a kain vaday. He brings a whole debate in that chornim. And the shach passes, what do you mean? And the shach was a kain himself. So he said, of course, we're kahanim, miyuchos, and we know exactly that we're kahanim. It's not a suffix. We know for sure we're kahanim. And therefore, we are allowed to eat the challah. So let's say you were a person, a man was a zav, he could actually go to the mikvah. He'd go to a mayim chaim. If you were just a balkari, carry, you go to the mikvah. And the Ramah writes, even a gadol, maybe even a gadol would be able to eat uh, uh, challah, on Pesach, when you have no choice. Okay, just an interesting halacha yeah, regarding this. If it's about Vaday Kahuna, then somebody who has a Bechari, should they like constantly be redeeming their kid? Yes, uh, yes. There, there are a lot of Rabbanim that do that. Every time they meet a, uh, every time they meet a Kayin, they do, uh, they do Pidyan Aben with them. Yes, I've seen, I've seen people do it. Lamaisa, in that halacha, we'll get to this in, later on in Shas, there's a tremendous kula. What's the kula? Hamaytzi mechavera yalavaraya, right? That um, that that the kain wants wants me to redeem, give him money for the bechar. So prove that you're a kain, and I'll give you the money, right? So there is a concept of hamaytzi mechavera yalavaraya. So therefore, suffik we could be make by by pitting on ben. It's just an interesting twist. We'll get to that in the in the sugim above metzia talk for kain. If you remember from yeshiva days, there's a whole sugim of talk for kain. That's the uh, debate regarding the mammon issue. Okay, now that we mentioned the term hoyl, hoyl means that since there's a possibility of something happening later on, we could decide the halacha now. So itmar. We learned in a brisa, in the base matters. Someone who bakes on yantif, meaning, let's say Tuesday was Rosh Hashanah, and Wednesday, I don't know, it's Tzayim Gedalia. You're making cheese danishes for your Osfasten Tzayim Gedalia. So you're making cheese danishes on Rosh Hashanah for the next night. Rav Chizda Amar Loike. He gets Malkus. Why do you get Malkus? Because the halacha is you're only allowed to do Malacha on Yantif if it's Lutzarech Oichon Nefesh. And Oichon Nefesh is only for that day, for Yantif. Rabbi Amar ain't like no. Baking on Yantif is not a problem. At least Midar Raisa. So why is that? And what does this mean? That there's a concept, if I bake my cheese danishes on Rosh Hashanah, I'm really doing it for after the fast, Tzayim Gedalia. What happens is someone knocks on the door and says, Ah, oh, I smell some good cheese danishes, can I have one? Since if Archim would come, if guests would come, I would give it to them. So then the halacha is, it is not considered an Isser Daraisa, because there could be a situation where, where, where I would need this, uh, where I would use these danishes on Yantif itself. Just by the way, just to throw it out there, there's a Taisa here talks about, how come we don't say anytime someone cooks on Shabbos, maybe there's going to be a chayla shiish plesikana that needs the food. So he says that's just a very, that's just too wild. However, if you, if you look at some of the chuvas that talk about Hatzalah members driving, driving back home from a Hatzalah call, part of the rationale is that they might be needed back in their neighborhood. So it could be they're allowed to drive on Shabbos, hoyo, that 
they will be needed back in the neighborhood. So Rav Shama Zamarov does not go with this. It's a whole debate. But this is not the only reason why Rav Moshe was mako for the uh, flat Bashat Salah. We'll get to that in Masechtos Beitza and Mirza Hashem. Okay. Fine. So we have a very simple halacha at this point. A person standing on Yantif, they're making food. They're making it for after Yantif. It's not for Yantif. According to Rav Chista Isidaraisa, Rav Huna said, Rabbi says, no, since that guests might come, this is the term hoyol, so you, it's not called an Isidaraisa. Now, it would definitely be an Isidaraisa, but it won't be an Isidaraisa. You won't get Malkus. So Rabbi tells Rav one second, you hold this, no such thing as hoyol. So then, whenever you have a three day Yantif or two day Yantif, meaning Friday is Yantif and Shabbos is the, and the next day is Shabbos, okay? How are you allowed to put up a chalent for Shabbos? You're, you're baking from Yontif for the next day. So if you tell me, Hoyo, people might come, so I'm putting up a chalent Friday morning, people might come Friday afternoon to eat before Shabbos. Okay, there's going to be a use for this on Shabbos. So I'm going to say, what do you mean? Of course I made Erev Tavshilon. What, you say some bracha, you uh, take an egg. It takes away this. If there's an Isidar Raisa to cook on Friday for Shabbos, if it's Yantif, so how does an Erev Tavshion help you? So Rabchista responds, no. You are allowed to do things for Shabbos on Yantif. Meaning if Yantif is on Friday, you are allowed to put up a challenge from Friday to Shabbos. Why? Shabbos is a higher level. Whatever that means, we'll leave it from a set of space and we'll talk about that. But either way, according to Rabchista, you are allowed to cook Midaraisa on Friday to Shabbos. Rabbanon who the gods are better. Rabbanon made a that don't do this. Gezerah shemayoyimru oifem yantif aflachal. People would say, oh, you're allowed to cook from Friday to Shabbos, you cook from Friday to Sunday. Therefore, they made a simon, a hacker of Erev Tavshilin. Okay, that's Shura Banan. Erev Tavshilin is There's a hacker, I remember, I made Erev Tavshilin. That's why I'm allowed to cook from Yantif to Shabbos. Now, by the way, so it seems like a very nice debate. Why we do the Erev Tavshilin according to the first mandam where I have Hoyle, guests might come. So there's still, so there's no Isidaraisa. There's still an Isidarabanan. So we have this Erev Tavshilin. According to the other mandam, I don't need hoyo. I'm allowed to cook from Friday to Shabbos. There's a gezeira. I might end up doing it for a different day, and that's why Erev Tavshion. What's the nafkamina? Tremendous nafkamina brought down in the Mishavura. And everyone agrees to this, that it's a nafkamina. Can I cook right before Shabbos? I'll put up a chant five minutes before the Zman, before Shabbos. Hoyo, all the guests could come. I have raw, hard barley, hard beans, raw meat. They can't eat anything. If you learn Ohio, it doesn't work. But if you go with Rav Chizda, no problem. I made an Erev Tavshilon, and I'm cooking from Yantra to Shabbos. How do we pass him? So the Mishabura assumes we are machmer in this, and a person should have all his food ready going into Shabbos. In fact, the Bir Halacha brings down a minog that you're supposed to daven early, uh, make an early Shabbos when you have a Friday Yantif going into Shabbos, so that to make sure all the food will be cooked by the time Tzitzik Achavim comes, or at least it'll be a reminder to make sure everything's cooked early. So, uh, but Lahalacha, the Ber Halacha brings down Bashas Chak, you can rely on Rav Chista, and in fact, many of the Achronim, the Archashokhan, and other places say we always go with Rav Chista, and one does not need to be makbid and make sure that all the food is cooked prior to, to, uh, to, to uh, fully cooked prior to Shabbos. Another nafkamina is, let's say, a Pesach program. So let's say they're making, I don't know, ribs, or we'll, we'll get very excited here. I don't know, they're making duck for, for Shabbos. So there's no hoyle that if Archim would come, we would serve him the duck. It ain't happening. 
maybe the VIP rooms, I don't know, if you know someone, they'll give them. But for most, there's no such thing as hoyo v'yikloi archem. There's no guests coming. So one could debate, what does guests mean? What if someone gets hungry, the chef might want it? Uh, whatever. But either way, you have Rav Chizda to rely on that as long as I made Erev Tavshilin, I'm allowed to cook from Yontif to Shabbos Midaraisa. There's a concern I might cook from Yontif to a weekday. I made Erev Tavshilin, and therefore, I am good to go. One more Nafkamina, we spoke about this in the Hilchus Muksish here. Let's say you don't eat kidneys, right? And let's say the seventh, or the, the if you're in Eretz Yisrael, the seventh day of Pesach falls out on Friday, and Shabbos is already not Pesach anymore. You're living in Eretz Yisrael, you only keep seven days of Yantif, right? Can I put up a challenge with beans, not barley, barley is chametz. Can I put up a beans challenge on Friday mm-hmm. for Shabbos? So if you're an Ashkenazi, you don't eat the beans. So if you, if you need hoyle, so it depends where you live. If there's no Sephardim around, there's no hoyle. Which archim are going to come? There is a sheet, there's a true of Kivayger that holds, let's say someone might get sick, not chayle shish pesekana. Mikzas chayle. Halach is yuladi kidneys. I mean, if you really need it. If you really need if you're craving beans, I don't know, if someone, if a woman's pregnant, she's craving chalant, so then we'd be makel for her to eat it on Pesach, because kidneys is mutter for chayle. So... If you hold, of, if you need hoyel, you can start debating: Do I have hoyel? Do I not have hoyel? But if you hold like Rav Chista, I don't have to have this conversation. I'm allowed to cook from Friday to Shabbos, and in fact, you could make your kidneys if you're a Hungarian and you're waiting to eat gabrucks. You can make gabrucks on Friday for Shabbos. You can make your uh, your real knevach because I don't need hoyel. We go with our chashukah and we paskin like Rav Chista. Okay, one more. Gemara, Eisve, they asked the Kasha to Rav Chista. You're telling me we have Hoyel? Let me ask you the following question. The Mishnah in Beitza says, Behema hamisukenis, have an animal that looks like it's going to die. So the problem is when you have an animal that died, it's in the Vela. You just lost a thousand bucks. And you can't shecht it, you won't be able to eat it. So I want to shecht it now. But it's Yantif. And I can only shaft if I'm going to eat it on Yantif. You're only allowed to shaft it if you're going to end up eating a kezayis or you have the ability to clean it and be able to eat a kezayis of, of grilled steak before Yantif ends. Now, what does it sound like from here? You're able to eat even though you don't have to actually eat. Now, Bish, now we're not talking about Friday going into Shabbos. We're talking about a regular standalone Yontif. So the Kasha is like this. Bish, Rabbah says, according to me, since there's the potential that you might need it, that's enough. But according to you, there's no such thing as Hoyle. You're not allowed to cook that maybe someone might come. Why are you allowed to shech this animal unless you know for sure you're going to eat it? So Amalev Chisra responded, Mishum Hefsen Mamun. Hey, it's going to cost the guy a thousand bucks. We'll be makel. Freight the Gemara, Mishum Hefsen Mamun. Sharid and Yisur, the Raisa, where you sold out your, 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 your Shulchan Aruch. You're allowed to violate Nisus the Raisa to save a few dollars? Amalev, in, yes. But not exactly what, what you think I mean. I mean to say like this. Mishum Hefsen Mamunay. This fellow knows he's going to lose a thousand dollars on this steer. So Gamar Baliba, he makes the decision. Lecha Kazayas. Don't worry. I will definitely eat a Kazayas. I'll find a way to eat a Kazayas of this before Yantif ends. Even though I'll be fleshik, I'm going to lose out on my Matzah Pesach pizza. It's worth a thousand bucks. I will make sure to eat a Kazayas of this. Now that we know he's going to eat a Kazayas, the only way to eat a gazayas is to shech the entire animal 
That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You're allowed to shech the animal in order to just only eat a kazayas. And therefore, Rav Chista maintains his opinion. I don't say hayal. And therefore, j- unless you decide you're going to eat it, you're not allowed to shech. What about Erev Tavshilin, just to circle back? I don't eat hayal. I'm allowed to cook from Yantif to Shabbos. Okay, so Mr. Shem tomorrow will continue a little bit more on the Erev Tavshilin, a little more on, on, uh, on, uh, on hayal. And then we'll go back towards the uh, more, some more Yantif stuff. And we'll get back to... Uh, the, the main topics of Elu Eivrin. All right, Shkoyach.